Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hey, Charles Funk, the CEO of Heliostar Metals. You know, good to catch up with you again, Matt, and run you through some, some pretty high-grade gold that we continue to hit at Unger. I've been watching from a distance, stalking you somewhat, I have to admit. Um, no, some, some fantastic um, headlines in the, in the press releases. So, so I thought it was time to kind of catch up with you because I want to kind of want to remind people that you're around and doing these, doing what you're doing. But can you run us through, if you don't mind, what were the things that, what's that roadmap you kind of painted for me last time in terms of deliverables? Yeah, so the big picture that we have is we've got a multi, we think we've got a district capable of being multi-million ounce. And when you've got a big district, you have to find a way to unlock it. And so our first goal that we talked about was, was getting to one million ounces. We're, we're already a significant way there with the SH1 resource to remind people that's 384,000 ounces at 13.8 grams per tonne gold. So really high grade. And what we've done is step back and look at this as a district with a systematic exploration approach. And this year we've hit at Apollo, we've hit at Aquila, we've even found a porphyry target. So we're delivering some pretty high grade intercepts across the project that'll be the backbone of ultimately um, a resource that we think can be over a million ounces. Right. Okay. So, so talk to me about the porphyry. You, you think you found one or you have found one? Yeah. So, so we, we put out last week a couple of holes. We've, we've got about a 500 metre long by about 250 metre wide porphyry, two holes drilled, you know, continuous mineralisation, 100 to 150 metres of um, around 0.4 gold equivalent, but locally up to 0.7. So a really nice target to add on to the high grade gold. But that, that, I mean, people kind of attracted to this story because of hitting, you know, 1400 uh, gram per tonne um, silver over 1.2 meters and those sorts of 19.3 gold over four and a half meters. That thrills us. I mean, what, what, what's the special about, you know, 0.44 or, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't get the market going. If I'm looking at your share prices, is that why you've come off? Uh, I think we've come off on people's view of gold. Um, there's probably, yeah, I think everyone's come off. Um, I think what, I think your overall comment is right. We are there for the high grade gold. Very clearly that's been our strategy. We put two holes out of 60 into the porphyry target. Um, and I think we should centre the conversation on what we've delivered at Apollo and, and even today with the latest Aquila update. Um, you know, three metres at 88 grams gold at Apollo, multiple hits at surface um, at, at Aquila. That's what we're going to build a high-grade district on. But we all know what, what a big porphyry target could drill, so it should be a small part of an exploration program. I think that's the balance that we see. Okay, so you... you, you Because, I mean, how much cash have you got? Let's, let's start with that, because it's... Uh, we're, we're two and a half million today. Right. Okay. So you've got to be quite cute and quite careful about how you apply that. And, you know, trying to prove up a district with, you know, with, you know, let's, let's say a, a reduced cash balance like that. It, it's going to be tough. People like the big high grade numbers in the headlines, right? But you've also got to do things the right way. So how do you, how do you strike that balance? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the million dollar question in sense that, um, you know, when you've got a district this big, it's a district that typically a major has. You know, it's it's twice the size of Manhattan Island. If you want to know how big it is, in fact, we did an analyst visit in July, and that was one of the the comments that we haven't quite explained the scale of this opportunity to people. And, and you know, it's got just short of forty targets on it that are either you know outcropping gold mineralization or an old mine or workings or or a target that needs to be followed up. And, you know, a lot of times you see junior companies get lost in that opportunity. They've got so many targets 
but they don't have that strategy to unlock it. And so our strategy has been really clear. We've gone after the high probability targets first. And nicely, I can tell you that we've hit on those. I don't have to explain why we were poor in our interpretation. So the core of that is the resource that we think we can expand. And we bought the diamond rig there and we'll soon have results from the drilling underneath that. And that's just an expansion program to grow that resource. Um, so that's, that's the first one. Where we think it's really interesting is that we can step change it is these other targets. So Apollo was the old mine. Um, if you remember, we talked about Alaska's first underground gold mine had never been drilled. In fact, before this program, people couldn't tell you which way the vein dipped, like pretty basic information. So we did fences or holes with RC, this sort of framework drilling approach. It's not going to deliver a resource, which also might be a knock because the market's pretty mine or no mine, buy or sell mentality at the moment. But our approach is, is this systematic exploration program. And so this framework drilling at Apollo, you know, we've hit, I think I touched on before, three metres at 88 grams, four and a half metres at just short of 20 grams, multiple hits that are open at depth. The, the, the way we approached it is, is RC drilling. And the great thing about RC drilling is lots of metres quickly and cheaply, but the downside is you can't get very deep. And so now we have to come back and diamond drill underneath those hits. So we've materially improved Apollo. And now we've just done the same at Aquila with these news. We've got nearly 500 metres of strike at Aquila and really excitingly, four continuous hits, one after another with no gaps in between. Um, broad um, 20 to 40 metre half to two gram intervals with narrow sort of one and a half to, to five metre high grade hits. And so that systematic approach means that we can get the headlines. That helps. Honestly, it, it does help. But the reality is we're doing real exploration, which I think can add to the resource, which add to the re-rating, which will lower our cost of capital. Right. And, and are you kind of conscious, obviously, what's going on in the market? You know, I think gold's up a little bit today. But generally, last 12 months have been tough. It's... Don't get me wrong. I, I, if I was a gold producer, I'd be happy with today's price. But the market expectation is more. They they, they want two thousand. They want three thousand. Whatever it is that they want. How do you manage your cash? I mean, I know you've got a program laid out, but are you conscious that you may need to sort of hunker down a little bit here until the market comes back? Otherwise, you're you're in danger of becoming one of those sort of cash constrained stories, which nearly made it but didn't. It's a, it's a really good question because you actually face two challenges equally. One is, yeah, do, you know, only choose those positive windows. Like last year, we raised a $2,000 gold. You know, it looked like management genius. Um, and, and then you have a choice. Do, do, you, do you stop exploring and just hunker down, as you said, and wait for that window? But you're taking dilution in that process as well because you're, you're running your company um, you've still got to pay your employees, meet your contracts, make your land payments if you have land payments. And, and so you end up losing that way as well. So it's a trade-off. Um, you know, I think, I think there's two things. The program that we did this year, um, that's the second program that we've done as Heliostar. Um, we've put 10,000 metres into the project in the last 12 months. That's as many metres as got drilled in the previous 30 years. So first of all, we've finally got momentum on the project and we've also put 85% of all the money we've raised into the ground. So we're serious about advancing the projects because clearly they deserve it. You see the results we're getting. But to answer your question, 
I think there's a bit of a trade-off because in a real world, in, in not the real world, in, in, the, in the best case scenario, this project needs another 10 to $15 million next year and just keep going straight ahead. It, it deserves that from a pure technical perspective. But as management, we've got to manage that dilution with our share price. You know, in July, we were $1.50 and life was, in, in July, sorry, $1.50 and life was great. Today, we've, we've come off. So you have to do smaller programs but you, I don't think you want to lose that momentum because that's what's killed the program for the last three decades. Yeah, I, I get that. But then again, some of the other choices that you have to make and, um, are, do I bring a strategic partner in? He brings a little bit of cash, but I've got to give away a bit of a district, right? You've got a district here. You're telling me how impressed people are with the optionality you've got on the table to be able to finance some aspect which you can control. I mean, do you know what I mean? The, the, these are normal problems for you guys to have, but I'm just wondering where your head's at. When do you get to that point where you need to start thinking like that? Because two and a half million bucks is is, is fine because your GNA is low, um, but at some point it becomes uncomfortable. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we, we have those conversations all the time. You know, we were just down, uh, we were talking before, it's great to be in person conferences as opposed to Zoom. And so we had some of those meetings and we always look at that from, it, we've been fortunate that we have been able to access capital. Um, and, and as long as we can continue to do that, uh, I don't think we need to go down that major path. But, you know, if we run into a protracted bear market, um, this is the kind of district, it's the scale of this that attracts those kind of companies. And we definitely look at those options. That's the, the, the opportunity at Unger is previously at, it hasn't had someone to put the shoulder to the wheel consistently season after season. Well, that's what I want you to talk about here because there's no doubt the drill bit is talking and it's saying, we got something good here, right? You, you got that. Uh, and the team's solid and you're not, you know, charged. This is not a promote. This is not some kind of BS thing. This is, this is a real, real company in the making. If the money is managed, I know you got some follower. You got a little tiny little bit of Eric Sprott money in there and you've got some institutional stuff going in there. I know you've got a big fan in Inventor Capital with Craig Parry as well. So how, how do you leverage? Those things. So one, you're not giving away and diluting shareholders and giving away too much and getting enough to move this thing forward to the point where either the market comes back or either the market starts paying attention to some of these headline numbers. It's a, again, you're asking the question that we discuss every day. And as when gold goes up 50 bucks, you take one view. And when gold comes back 50 bucks, you take another view. Um, I think the key thing is delivering on what we said we'd do. That's the first one. Weight of results ultimately talks. And so if, if anyone went back to our previous conversation, we laid out a roadmap and a framework um, that was this, pardon the duplication, this framework drilling. And, and we've delivered on that. And people are saying, wow, there's multiple centres of high-grade gold on this. The next one is Centennial. And the cool thing about Centennial is being on Popov Island, we can drill that any time of year. So first of all, we can drill any time of year in Alaska. That's pretty cool. The, the second part is we think that there's, there's real opportunity there. It's a, it's a low-grade blanket on surface, but we think it's fed by high-grade veins. So we know we're going to hit gold in that drilling that we're planning to do late this year. The, the question is, can we hit high-grade gold to, to make it like what we've seen on Unger? So I think... Um, I sort of answered the next step question, but the bigger picture is the projects that materially move forward get support and, and hopefully that credibility that you talked about, it seems to have worked for us in the past and that gets, there's always people who see opportunity, even when markets come back, 
I think people can pick um, the wheat from the chaff and go, well, this is the project that I'm going to make 5, 10, 15x on. And, and you preferentially get that capital. So I don't think you pull your head completely in, but you also don't go, you know, you, you don't go raise so much money that you're deluded to oblivion in these markets. You try and tic-tac-toe in the middle path and deliver. Okay. So what can we expect between, say, now and tax loss season at the end of this year? What can you do to impress the market? Is it just more of the same? Um, I think what we've put out has been pretty impressive, although we've had, a, we've had, I think we've picked nearly every $50 down day in gold in the last few months. So if, if we can pick better gold days, that'd help. But more seriously, we've got more news to come. We've got more Apollo, the deeper SH1 drilling to come. Um, as we just mentioned, we're planning to drill another target in November, December. And then what we also have is that second string to our bow with our Mexican portfolio. You know, we've got ground directly along strike from Silver, um, from Silvercrest, sorry. We've got some really high-grade silver at Oso Negro that's never been drilled. So we're not a company that, that you can sleep on for six months like a, lot of, like a number of other northern explorers. Um, we'll do that program and then we'll go to Mexico and then we'll come back. We've deliberately set up the company so that we have consistent news flow. Right. And, and just in terms of, and it's actually a question sent in by our very clever audience. Um, how, how realistic is an open pit mining in, in, on Onga Island? Is, is that, is that going to be a deterrent for some or is, is that something that you are working on? So I know you've got someone working on your kind of social license. Uh, stuff at the moment what do you know yeah there's two questions there it's been one of the interesting things about the drilling as well as the high grade hits a couple of the targets have got these broad selvages which would be highly economic in an open pit um, there's, there's no reason you couldn't build an open pit on Ungaran topographically um, close to tidewater um, it's an uninhabited island so we would have to build up the community relationships um, or expand on them and I'll touch on that in a second um, but I think that that is an option that's there. We haven't done enough drilling to answer that question specifically. Um, but I think, I think that's, you know, there's no reason you couldn't do it as long as we go through those right steps. And those right steps, actually, it's a, a nice segue, is the other cool thing about being a new company and, and starting mid last year is we could set what we wanted to achieve as a company. Technically, we want to be a sound, robust explorer. Um, we want to manage our capital carefully. Uh, the third string that we really want to bring, and um, particularly our, our VPX Sam Anderson from Newmont and myself with Newcrest, you know, we came up with a strong sense of, of community responsibility and we've really tried to get off on the right foot with the, with the people in Sandpoint, the closest community. Um, we've got Joy Huntington, a fantastic community relations lady, um, helping us in Alaska. It's, it's all good and well for me to say, look, I want to do community relations, but I'm a CEO of a company, so I can't put all my time there. So we thought, let's get someone to really help us on this. Um, and Joy's got a huge amount of experience in Alaska. So, you know, we had a community meeting with about 60 people a couple of months ago. We've taken people over to see the project at a point in time where we're saying, look, we're just exploring now. Down the path, we might come to you and say, we want a, a permit to expand the exploration or we want to build this mine. And so it's kind of nice to be there at the start and be able to build those relationships because it's an awesome community at Sandpoint. They're, they're really hardworking, mostly fishermen and women. Um, as an aside, 
they understand variable reward. You know, when we drill holes into gold deposits, sometimes we hit, sometimes we miss. Fishermen understand exactly what it's like to have a good day and a bad day. So we've had some of the most sophisticated questions about how we do exploration from the community of Sandpoint. So I've rambled a little bit, but it's really nice to be able to build your community relations from the start. And we're really lucky to be in Sandpoint because there is a, a strong economic bent to that community. And it's a long-winded way of saying, yes, I think we can build an open pit if the geology tells us that's the pathway. We've just got to do all the right things. Okay. Well, uh, Charles, I just wanted to sort of touch base with you. Just like I say, some of, the, some of the numbers coming out of the ground are, are you know, excellent. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep delivering what you say you're going to be doing. I'll stay in touch because we are watching you. It uh, looks like the beginning of something quite good. I'm intrigued to see how you play this out over the next uh, few months, okay? Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and, of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.